Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Always smooth, always refreshing. Gold medal winner at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. When you're this good, quality always comes through. PBR Me, ASAP. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Purple Podcast. I'm Ben Gessling from ESPN, joined by Matthew Collar and Judd Zulgad from 1500 ESPN. We are, uh, I think, past the most busy part of free agency probably still a few moves coming here and there uh, possibly for your minnesota vikings but uh certainly the big news last week centered around the running back position right after we got done recording this podcast i, I suppose maybe 12 hours after we got done recording this podcast at twelve forty-seven a.m of all times the vikings announced they had signed latavius murray to a three-year deal they well i did i guess they didn't announce that it was a three-year deal but it is a three-year deal for 15 million dollars and then Rick Spielman got on a conference call on Thursday last week and said what everybody has known is coming for a long time, that Adrian Peterson is moving on. Guys, let's start there. First, what do you make of the Murray signing? And second, uh, what do you think is in the future for Adrian Peterson? Well, I appreciated the Vikings waiting till 1247 a.m. because I went to a concert, and when I got home... Then they announced the signing. So. Could have done it at 1246, but where would the conspiracy theory be in that? What, explain, what's the conspiracy it, theory? Ben, yes, uh, well, uh, as I heard last week on uh, the highly popular Mackie and Judd show, uh, 1247 a.m., of course, is the exact time to the minute that the Vikings announced that Adrian Peterson was going on the commissioner's exempt list back on uh, September 17th, 2014. This was announced uh, almost two and a half years to the day later on March 16th, 2017, uh, you're probably having to, to reach pretty far for a conspiracy theory there, but we certainly like to do that, and, and uh, we uh, live in a world where that's a popular thing to do. So uh, we took note of the fact that uh, the timing of those two things was exactly the same. That is quite the coincidence, It is though. quite the coincidence. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, also, if you fold a dollar bill upside down, it says Peterson Packers. Did you know that? It does, huh? Uh, yeah, it's it's I really something. Well, hold on a second. I'm going to get a dollar bill out here. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, all right. Well, with Latavius Murray, um, I think what people will find with him after I went back and watched uh, a lot of his last season and talked with a writer that covers them out there is that Latavius Murray does not have very good running vision it does not have very good, uh, I guess, footwork, you would say, when it comes to stopping and starting and cuts and things like that. He's very fast, and he's very large, and he's also very good at pass blocking and is decent at coming out of the backfield and catching the ball. But if you're expecting just what you used to have with Adrian Peterson or something like that, or one of the best running backs in the league even, then you're going to be disappointed. I think Murray is a nice role player that as part of a duo or a trio he can be pretty good and especially when it comes to the west coast offense catching and pass blocking are going to be a huge thing for him but this is not 
you're not getting the next Le'Veon Bell or LaShawn McCoy, or you're not getting a 300 carry back who is going to catch 50 passes too and uh, play 80% of snaps. That's not what you're getting here with Murray, but I think you're getting a quality role player who can do a lot of things pretty well. But in he is not... He's going to disappoint you, I think, if you're expecting him to hit the holes uh, like Adrian Peterson used to or see the field all that well. Are you getting a guy who, in the scheme of the West Coast system, is going to be an upgrade? Yeah, um, I think oh, you yeah. are on that front. To me, yes. that's the most important thing. Yes. To, and to he me, doesn't have to be every down. No, right. But I'm, I'm just saying, if you are getting a guy who you're going to uh, plug in to Shermer's offense in a West Coast system, and as part of the, the offense, so I'm not talking about a focal point every down, every play. I'm talking about if you're going to plug in a piece to the puzzle who is going to be more functional in this system, then good, because that's exactly what you need. And furthermore, if you are getting a guy, gentlemen, who you can trust on third down as well, that's really good, because the one thing with Peterson is to his last day in this league, he will never be a guy that when it gets to third down, you feel comfortable leaving on the field if it's a passing situation and it's, let's say, third and nine. Well, that was the interesting thing yesterday. I mean, Mike Zimmer was interviewed on another radio station in the Twin Cities uh, about Latavius Murray, and one of the things that he said was, uh, we don't have to take him off the field on third down, which uh, is kind of nice. So uh, may have been throwing a little shade down Houston way, possibly, but uh, certainly that would be the big thing to uh, look at Latavius Murray and see an upgrade on Adrian Peterson is that he can be more than a two-down back and uh, can be a back that you can play out of the shotgun as well and, and certainly can be a back that doesn't um, consume quite as much of your cap space, I think is also probably the thing to note here. His his cap hit for 2017, that's the year we're in now, right? Um, yes. Getting senile in my old age, uh, is $2.956 million, which is uh, a couple dollars less than what the Vikings have been paying Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I was looking at a chart and posted it on our website about just the percentage of cap room spent on every position. Yeah. And the Vikings last year had to be spending <laughs> a huge amount on running back and now yeah. are middle of the league or below in how much they're spending at that position, which I think is huge uh, to allow them to rebuild the offensive line. I think Murray is almost an ideal third down back as just what he is. I think you can't expect him to rip off big chunks on first and second down. I think he's big and fast, but he's not, I, I think, uh, one of those guys that is super patient in the backfield and finds the holes and is going to get extra yards. For someone who's so big, I thought he kind of went down a little easy uh, You know, when it came to breaking tackles and things like that. If you think about the Raiders' offensive line, they had one of the best offensive lines in the league, and everyone not named Latavius Murray last year averaged 5.4 yards a carry, and he averaged 4.0. And someone asked if that was just because he was used at the goal line, so I subtracted that, and it went up to like 4.3. Like, okay, I mean, those are good numbers. Those are a yard more than what uh, the Vikings averaged last year. It's just you're getting someone with a nice skill set to put in your backfield where you could create a really – uh, versatile backfield uh, if you add another guy to the mix in the draft especially right and and you can have then instead of just Asiata and McKinnon and basically McKinnon's out on an island there uh, now you've got all sorts of different pieces that you can mix and match and even put McKinnon and Murray in the backfield at the same time and I, I really like all the different options that it kind of opens up for Jarek McKinnon yeah and I, I would think that the likelihood of them adding another running back to the Jarek McKinnon Latavius Murray mix is probably pretty high. I mean, it, you know, the, with this draft being what Rick Spielman has called the deepest in the running back class that he's ever seen, I, I think it's certainly likely they add there. I mean, it could possibly be a guy that becomes the next kick returner with Cordero Patterson departing as well. So uh, that I don't know that that position is completely done yet. What we do know. After Rick Spielman uh, hopped on the conference call last Thursday, making a, a bit of a surprise appearance, I guess you know, not unlike what Prince used to do, um, where he would you know just pop into first half late at night and and uh, thrill thrill the masses that uh, were expecting just to to see some DJ or some band, and instead they get Prince. I mean, it's you, you know you think you're on a call for Latavius Murray, and then you get Rick Spielman. It's it's uh, a similar experience. Oh boy, I couldn't. I'd be so excited if Rick came on the call. <laughs> But he got on the call and uh, confirmed what has long been suspected, that in fact the signing of Latavius Murray means that Adrian Peterson will be moving on, as he put it. He had told Peterson that 
Uh, I texted him late that night, and I think they talked the next day, and uh, all parties have kind of agreed that uh, the 10-year relationship is over, and it's time to see other people. You wrote him a Dear John letter. It's that simple. (laughs) Here's what I love. So my guess is that the Vikings, a week before... a week before you have some Peterson, this, yes, a week before he is officially let go, yep. they tell him we're going to let you go. And my guess is Peterson and his camp are like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool, but you'll but, but you'll come back to us. <laughs> All right, then free agency starts, right? Yeah. And Peterson hits the market. Adrian, it's been great, it's been fun. Oh no, 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 you're going to come back. So finally, at at twelve ten a.m. or something like that, they basically text him, "Dear John." No, really, we're done. We've moved on. I just, I can see this whole thing. I, I just find it very interesting that in the end, before he called him the next day, he actually had to alert him. No, we are really done this time. <laughs> I could see the Peterson camp being in denial the whole time and saying, "Oh, come on, you'll come back to us at twelve, twelve million dollars, for instance." And sure. Like, no, no, no. It's time to move on. But I do. I think the thing that the Vikings fans and the people that, that cover the team are going to have to get used to is Murray's not Peterson's replacement, and Peterson himself had become a relic of a system that we became used to. Right, one yeah. back. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the guy, and everyone else sort of fell in behind him, and they were clearly, for the most part, backups. The position has been modernized. Yes, exactly. And I think I think the positive step that the Vikings have definitely taken now. Is they have they have finally arrived in 2017 and said okay, everyone else is right, and and Murray's not the guy now. McKinnon's not the guy. We are going to have th- those two and draft a guy, and we are actually going to leap into National Football League offenses of 2017 instead of going with well, you know what, we'll just keep Peterson around, which they did. Time and time again. I mean, I suppose in some ways they don't have a choice in in the cap sense because, I mean, it's probably important to remember too that they thought they had another year of cheap quarterback costs, and that all went out the window last August thirtieth when Teddy Bridgewater blew out his knee, and they had to go trade for Sam Bradford a few days later. So, the fact that they are now paying what the rest of the league pays for competent quarterback play also means that they have to pay what the rest of the league pays for running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's probably part of it here as well. I think that there's a chance that Adrian Peterson doesn't find a job. Maybe until you get to training camp and someone blows out their knee. That right away in this free agency period, it is going to be very difficult for him because he has a couple things working against him that we know about. His age, his recent production, he hasn't played a whole lot in the last three years for multiple different reasons. I also think that how things went down at the end of last season and then how things started for him in free agency probably hurts him as well. Because if we know anything about the NFL, it's that they don't want distractions anywhere. And that goes for everything. It goes for Colin Kaepernick. It goes for Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. You can't tell me that Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel wouldn't have jobs in the league if they weren't distractions for different reasons. But Chris Cluey in some ways. But uh, Tebow, they don't justify it. I mean, Tebow went You're eight right. and five as a starter. Jimmy Clausen went one in 13 or something and kept getting <laughs> jobs. I mean, the backup quarterbacks in this league are abominable. The guy would have had a gig somewhere. But and, they're good employees. And Manziel is like Manziel is like the classic long shot that you would think people would take if he was just a regular guy. Ryan Leaf kept getting shots. If he was just a regular guy, he would have got chances, but it's because he brings the media attention. I think Peterson has some element of that, not just because of what happened in 2014, but he gets into free agency, and one of the first things that happens is his dad is in the media saying that he's being disrespected by the Vikings. I mean, if you're another team and you see that, you're like, this guy was a long shot to begin with, and he, and he just seems to be clueless. And also, everything he says blows up. It's on SportsCenter. He's everywhere yep. because he has that superstar power. And then at the end of last year, if I was Mike Zimmer or anyone in that locker room, I would have been infuriated with how that went down. I would have been infuriated by the double standard of players aren't supposed to reveal their injuries, and then he's telling radio stations that he owns that that he's coming back or not playing or whatever. It was just only a founding investor doesn't own. It was drama, drama, drama and with that was him the at Vikings the end of the year, too. right? And 
people around the league seem to really respect Mike Zimmer and they seem to know what's going on everywhere, right? With every other team when it's situations like this. Yeah. They they would find if we know then they know. They would have found out about how that went down last year. Yeah. And if I was another team, I'd say why should I do this for a running back who isn't special anymore? I, I think uh, the, the distraction point is a really good one, and to me it comes down to this. Unless you're a star player, if ESPN and Fox and the national people are going to show up at my training camp site on day one to, to cover a backup, mm-hmm. I don't want that player. Yeah, I don't want that player. Kaepernick, we can go through every reason why, the Trump stuff, all that stuff, but Kaepernick's not being brought in because – Tebow, Kaepernick, all of those guys. They're going to come with a circus. Are going to come with a circus that that you don't want, and Peterson is the same way. I don't even think – I think the the child abuse charges against against Peterson, for the most part, have been put in the past, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to the fact that if you're going to arrive with a circus sideshow and you're a backup, it's not worth it. Well, and the question is, are you going to arrive as a backup too? I I think the idea of – what is he going to accept is going to become a more pertinent question now as we go. I, I had a chance to chat with a few people uh, in his orbit uh, recently, and it, it sounds like <laughs> very circumspect. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta you gotta protect the sources, but uh, the way it was not ski, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> talk to skis. Judd no, talks with ski. No. Skeezy's my guy. Okay, so yes. you back off. No, the I, I think Skeezy talks more with um, you know some of the fans uh, from right, what I've seen, off. but. Uh, uh no, I, the the sense I got is that he's prepared to play the long game a little bit here. That that he knows that this could take a few more weeks. Well, he said he's got seven years left, so he's definitely. <laughs> I, I mean, I, well, in terms of playing the long game of waiting for a place to sign, I mean, what I back in two thousand twenty. What I had heard is that there's talk of maybe setting up a visit to another team in the NFC North that borders this state. But that may not happen until Is after Illinois the, border the draft. State? I'm new here. No, the only the Michigan only doesn't either. Michigan, right? there's a lake. North Dakota State or North that might be an Tampa NFL Bay team. moves. Oh, oh, is, there a, is there an indoor football team? Uh, Iowa has one. No, there is in Green Bay. Oh, but there's an outdoor football team in Green Bay too. The there plays is at 1265 Lombardi Avenue. That is correct, and that is the team that uh, there is some talk about bringing Adrian Peterson in for a visit. The catch, however, is that. They may wait to do that until after the draft, which means that they're going to see if they want to draft anybody instead, and then he may be the guy that they look at if they still have a need. Are they trolling the Vikings, or do you think this is genuine? I think the Vikings trolled them so much, right? I think it's genuine, but I also know, and you you probably know better than I do because you covered it. How much contempt that organization had for the Vikings back in two thousand eight during the Favre stuff? Yes. So and the Vikings didn't get pinched. For blatant tampering. tampering. Yes, very, very That's what tampering. ticked the Packers off. Yes. I mean, the Vikings were all over Favre, completely yep. tampered, and the league basically said, you know what, we're going to make this go away. And Mike so McCarthy this would be was, their chance to troll back. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy was not very happy and made very little secret of the fact that he was not happy when all that stuff was going on at the time, if I recall. And, you know, Ted Thompson isn't going to give you the same reaction necessarily, but it's still the same people in charge over there. So, I mean, maybe, but uh, whatever the the motivations are behind it, the, the fact of the matter is that there still is not really a market materializing for Peterson. And, it, I mean, it, from, from what was described to me, he's still sort of – he understands that, and, and I, he's never been a guy that is in a terribly great hurry to get up to off-season workouts anyway, so he may be fine with it. I think uh, Nelson may be uh, a little more antsy about getting something set, but uh, – you know, we, we'll, we we'll hear, hear about him more. Well, not not usually from here. Another uh, outlet in this town will usually give him uh, an entree to speak his just mind. Quick, but just quick, uh, Ben, what's your sense? Because the one thing with Peterson that always comes back to me: what's your sense of where he's at financially? I mean, he's made a ton, <laughs> yeah, but there are yeah. we. But we all know here, right? There's a ton of hanger honors. Yeah. Um, I've always gotten the feeling that the paydays were largely important because. They were necessary. Yeah, not that they not no. that they were just driven by the fact that he was a huge name. What's your sense of of where he's at financially? Because I think I think that dry. I think that's the part that he doesn't like talk about. Yeah. when he talks about seven more years, because he got so many leeches there. Well, yeah, and and he's certainly not the only player that goes through that in the NFL. But yes, there. I mean, there is some of that. I think, and I, I think. 
remember talking to him back in 2014 when he was kind of in the middle of, if you call it an existential crisis or probably not that, but when he was suspended and trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his future and he was musing about retirement, he was saying, well, you know, I've, I've got some other businesses that I've invested in. I've got some real estate stuff and I know he's got some properties in Houston and he's certainly well invested into the gym that he's got down there. And I think they're planning to expand that to the West coast because that's done pretty well. But when you live large and you have bills to pay and, you know, and family to take care of, and certainly that, you know, with him is, is the case. Um, yeah, I mean that, I think that is something to consider. I mean, I, I think I would assume that he has, uh, made enough money to insulate himself financially for quite a while, but you know, you never know that. And that's, what's always so fascinating about, you know, documentaries like broke the, the 30 for 30 that came out. It's just, you know, you think how in the world do these guys blow through this much money, but then you start to add it up and it's like, okay. So, I mean, yeah, that would be very interesting to know. And I, I certainly don't have a, a better window into that than, than uh, just what I've I've seen and a few things I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that certainly is a consideration for a lot of guys. Can I rewind to the Green Bay part of this? So sure. possibly visiting Green Bay. Yes. That's where we're at. Why would Green Bay want to do this to themselves other than revenge? Ty Montgomery last year showed that he can be a number one back for them and is versatile, is good. He can catch the ball to the backfield. He's averaging five yards a carry. They could probably, with their offensive line, fill in with another running back or two in the draft. They, uh, I don't know, need to focus on a defense that they haven't really done anything with. They're a shotgun team. They're a shotgun team. Sometimes pistol. Eddie Lacy was really good out of the shotgun with them at times throughout his career. But just why would you want to do that, especially with Aaron Rodgers, who, to me, you know, like is being... How how can I put this? Uh, put in not the greatest situation, <laughs> but still overcoming it, you hit the, like, right? You because hit the he's word. just so great. You hit the word. There's only one word here. It's just revenge. Yes, right? I mean, because, there's no other reason to do it. Do you think though that they would still be hanging on to that nine years later? When, I mean, but, but that's Brad but, but that's my question: anymore? Are they serious or are they trolling? Well, just the thought of Peterson playing for the Packers will make certain right. people at Winter Park throw up. Well, right, even to bring if, him in but for if a visit, if they're trolling. They are communicating that message to him. I can tell you that. Wouldn't be the first player to be used. That's that's certainly true. I mean, this league ain't nice to people. That's certainly true. But uh... and and he and he's right now at a vulnerable spot, right? I mean, he's desperately looking for a job. He wants to keep playing, and he has almost thirty-two members of this league being like, "We have no use for you." Yeah. It, it, I would not be shocked if the Green Bay Packers saw that and said, "Let's have some fun." <laughs> I'm dead serious. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm dead serious. The only to Collar's question, there's no other reason to do this. Mm-hmm. It's either trolling, complete revenge. There's no compelling case to put Adrian Peterson in that offense with Aaron Rodgers. He can't block. He can't play in pistol. He can't play in shotgun. Why couldn't he play in the pistol? Not that good in pistol either. It, it's the same. It, I mean, he's a, a yard or two closer to the line of scrimmage, but it's not that different than the. Do you I remember him? And, do you remember? They, they haven't tried it. Do you remember the? Oh, they They've tried, tried the shotgun. They haven't they, tried the no, pistol. No, no, that that's much. not true. They, that's not true. They tried pistol a bit in the opener at San Francisco when it all went wrong, and they had to redo the. They offense. had like one pistol snap. The most of that was shotgun, but the whole thing was awful. Yeah, I still don't. But think most he of it was shotgun. I still don't think he would succeed in pistol. Oh, well, and whenever yeah. he tried, and whenever they tried it, he wasn't comfortable. And by the way, whenever he's not comfortable, guess who he lets know? Everybody. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen him be like, you know what I got to do today? I got to suck it up and go out there. He does. I have not seen he a lot of that. No bitches and moans. That's, yeah, and, and it would be interesting to see. I mean, that's always the, the thing with the Patriots that when that comes up is, oh, they could fold him into their culture and and it would work. I I, I don't think of the Packers culture being quite as uh, bulletproof as the Patriots. But when you have a coach that's been there, you have a quarterback that's been there, you have a team that's had success. I mean, maybe you you come in and, and you kind of are the good soldier. I mean, they're they're going to test that a little bit with Martellus Bennett, I think. But um, you know, that that would be the argument is that you could bring him in and he he'd kind of go along with it and say, "I'm going to play my role and, and the snaps that you have for me, great. Otherwise, fine." But that would be the gamble: is that you have a team that doesn't seem like the best fit for him, that wants running backs that can be versatile, like they've you know they they've 
used with Ty Montgomery, certainly, and, and even Eddie Lacy to a degree. They, they asked him to line up in the shotgun and asked him to catch the ball every once in a while. So, yeah, I mean, the, the big question wherever he lands at this point, I think, I mean, to me is what kind of a role is going to be there for him and what is his response to that going to be? Is he going to be okay with that or is he going to say, I got to be the guy I've always been and this isn't going to work otherwise? This is Jeff O'Brien, attorney with the Loman Abdo Law Firm, with a case in point sidebar. On May 11th, 2016, the Defend Trade Secrets Act went into effect. The act extends the current Economic Espionage Act of 1996, which criminalizes trade secret thefts to the civil arena. This means for the first time, trade secret owners can now bring suit in federal district courts without having to resort to another basis for jurisdiction. While not without critics, the act is a major step forward in the protection of intellectual property in the United States, not least because federal law now fully recognizes four types of intellectual property, patents, copyrights, trademarks, and now trade secrets. Minnesota Statutes Chapter 325C also provides a civil cause of action in state court for the wrongful misappropriation of trade secrets. If your business has been victimized by the misappropriation of its confidential information, contact an attorney to determine if you have claims under either federal or state law. This is Jeff O'Brien, attorney with the Loman Abdo Law Firm, with a case in point sidebar. Pabst Blue Ribbon is always smooth, always refreshing, and the perfect choice at the game or out with friends. And now, add gold to the great PBR tradition, because Pabst Blue Ribbon was awarded the gold medal for American-style lager at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. That makes four gold medals for PBR in the last 11 years. Not bad. It's that gold medal taste that has made Pabst Blue Ribbon a Twin Cities favorite. When you're this good, quality always comes through. Go for the gold. PBR me ASAP. I get if they did that to Rogers, I think I would just be baffled. Like you put Peterson with him. Yes, put Peterson with him. Just bring in a guy who always needs to have the ball. And I mean, just the fact that his contract demands are so high and nobody wants to touch him tells you exactly where he thinks he's at in his career compared to where he's really at in his career. I, I think that would be nuts. I still go back to thinking that Dallas would be a decent situation for him to just spell Ezekiel Elliott and try to win a Super Bowl. But anywhere you put him, you're still saying he's going to be a problem. You're right? He's going to be a problem because he's going to want the ball more. He's going to want things to be his way. There's just no chance that he can avoid any of that, which is why I think teams know that and would avoid, avoid, avoid when it comes to having him in for visits or, ha- or, or signing him, unless they get desperate. If LaShawn McCoy goes down in training camp or something, or yeah. like some superstar running back goes down, David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, he's not a fit in any of those systems really, but I think teams would go, oh my gosh, we put a lot into running backs for our entire offense, and now our guy is out, so we need someone right away then I think they'll look to Adrian Peterson. I think that's how he ends up getting a job. When the Peterson camp says long play, my guess is they're thinking June, and my guess yeah. is and my guess no is they OTAs. and my guess is after June they start to panic. I bet you he signs somewhere on the cheap and is in a camp to start with. But it's going to be very very interesting because of the dynamics of how offenses work in this league now. And he's going to have to take a enormous pay cut, right? It's going to be huge. It's not going to be small. And the other thing, too, is he is going to have to enter some training camp accepting his role from day one. Yeah. And, and I'm just – I think that this is going to be a really interesting, curious situation to watch play out. But but it's also going to be a situation where if you sign him, be aware of the fact that on day one of your training camp, everyone's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone, they're going to go. Sports Center is going to go live there. Everyone's going to be there, and teams can say all they want about it. Collar, you're exactly right. NFL teams, among all sports, hate distractions. Mm-hmm. They hate. They will go out of their way to avoid distractions. Um, speaking of the uh, NFC North, yeah. Anybody want to sign any defensive players in the NFC North? I um, ran the. I uh, Terrence Newman. Uh, they did, yeah. I, uh, it's only 40 De- Devin House, whoever that is. Uh, yeah, Pack- former Packer. Packers. Former back Packer with coming Packers. back. That, that's the Packers. From uh, Jacksonville, favorite. right? Yeah, it's the guy we let go, but it didn't work out, so we bring him back. That's That's been a, 
a classic move of theirs in free agency with with James Jones and maybe this guy wore a hoodie too. So I looked at the um, fifteen best quarterbacks in quarterback rating last year okay. and the defenses they faced in terms of quarterback rating. Mm-hmm. And Sam Bradford faced the easiest defense of any of those quarterbacks, a set of defenses like okay. the easiest opponents. Part of that is because the NFC North was a laughing stock in their secondaries last year. I am blown away that DJ Hayden is the biggest name that has come to the NFC North. I think the Bears are doing it exactly right. Like, hey, if we go 2-14 and 14 and we end up with the kid from mm-hmm. USC, then that's fine, and we'll go from there. But the other two teams in the playoffs last year, and a big reason they didn't last in the playoffs was their defenses. Uh, the Lions got run over by the Seahawks, and then Atlanta Defense went to town. Problem for the Packers it, at all? I uh, can't yeah, right, right. We went into this free agency period saying, okay, those teams have money. They're going to spend. They're going to get defensive linemen in Detroit. They're going to get uh, secondary in Green Bay. None of that's happened. I think we went into saying they should spend. Right, uh, they should to expect yeah. the Packers to spend is always to be uh, probably setting yourself up to be wrong. For the most part, or what's he doing? I don't. know. What's Ted doing? I, I mean, your know. quarter, your quarterback, who's a generationally great quarterback yep. with a Super Bowl, and we're not talking a nice quarterback. We're talking uh, walk into Canton, and at your end of the season presser, gets up to the podium and basically begs you. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, and the coach feels the same way from all the yes. reports. So, so at this point in time, I don't even blame Ted. Where's Where's Mark Murphy, the team president? I mean. How does somebody not come downstairs to Ted and say, Ted, you have two choices. One, you can spend, or two, we're replacing you. Probably buying some more land. I just don't, but I don't understand this. that one. Like, Detroit's Detroit, so I guess, despite the fact, guys, that, that they change administration sometimes, I'm still not surprised. They're but, also out of cap room. I just looked at this. They yeah, have $2.7 million but left. But the, the Green Bay Packers have an awesome opportunity, or at least did, to play in a Super Bowl next year in the backyard of their of their rival, right? I mean, everything didn't everything about this say if, if Ted was ever going to be forced to spend, it was in March, this March. Like, yeah, you what the think. hell is he doing? Well, and they've still got. I mean, just looking at the data, I'm not still a got Twenty-four fan, million dollars left. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's just from it's just stupid. The standpoint of okay, we've got this resource. Let's try to maximize it. I mean, you would think that now would be the time, but uh, I mean, yes, it's a good corner draft, but nobody. I mean, if anybody should know the the perils of trying to have young corners learn on the fly, it should probably be the Packers with the guys they've trotted out there the last couple of years that are, you know, first, second-round picks that are, are still new at this. So, I mean, maybe they're hoping those guys come back. I mean, Demarius Randall and, and Quentin Rollins come back and make it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it that one is a little baffling. And, you know, the Lions, for as much as they were able to win, I mean, all of those – I mean, they go nine and seven with winning all of those pull a rabbit out of your hat type games. You can't count on that right. two years in a row. And I, I like what they did in their offensive line. I, I think we we've got a thing coming out next week, and I had to uh, say which team in the division I thought had the best run in free agency. I picked the Lions just because I like what they did on the line. But yeah, I mean, they you know they certain their defense is not one that scares a ton of people, and they didn't really do a lot to change that. They improved, but they didn't get massively better, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, a few moves. Wagner is better than Reef at right tackle, but yeah. not like the difference between Reef and TJ Clemmings. And they lose Larry Warford, who's okay, and they replace him with TJ Lang, who's real good. So it's like you, you've gotten a little better on the offensive line. What's weird to me about the Packers and Lions is that at those two positions, there were available players who were very good. I mean, if you're Green Bay, you don't take a run at Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he got overpaid by uh, the New England Patriots, but shouldn't you be one of the teams? I mean, you can sure. just read Belichick's mind. We've only got a year or two left of Brady here, so let's just go crazy on this cornerback. And it really results to being like a three-year deal for a, g- a good chunk of money. You had Drake Kirkpatrick out there. You had Prince Amakamura. Amukamara. Amukamara. That's just close enough. You Whatever. So you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly. Like, like there were probably a half a dozen corners who are mm-hmm. legitimate starters who end up on the free agent market, yeah. and they don't. Logan Ryan is another one who's pretty good. I mean, even uh, Captain Munnerlin would have made sense if they lose Micah Hyde. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And they lose their probably their best, most reliable guy. Yeah. It's like. 
why weren't you guys in on those? Or who, and if, here's the thing too, if it's like Minnesota, you might say, well, maybe they didn't want to come here. But with Green Bay, with Aaron Rodgers, right. like you're going to want to come there if the money's there. Plus the nightlife, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. At Cabela's? Hey, you, the Title Town District going You laugh, now? but guess what? If you make millions every Tuesday, you spend it in Chicago. Yeah. The nightlife in Green Bay, underrated, because you, you can get your butt out of Green Bay every off day. But, Ben, to your point, too, I could see the Lions. I do like Hinterlands Brewery. It's not bad. I could see the Lions taking a big step back, because I would say that the probability factors say that, that how they won games in 2016 is not even close to, to sustainable, right? Yeah. I mean, they won games. If you look at... How Stafford and Detroit won game after game after game. One statistically, you say that's not going to repeat itself. The other thing too is the two games against this team here. Yeah. You go back and look. That's two games the Vikings should have won. Well, and the the game here at US Bank Stadium, if Blair Walsh makes that extra point, the Lions don't go to the playoffs. I mean, it's that simple because and the Thanksgiving Day four. game was eminently yep, winnable, right? Very much so. I'm not wrong in saying that. No, you're not. So, I mean, yeah, to think that they're going to come back and, and do the, the cardiac kids routine and again. And I'm still not a Jim Caldwell fan. I don't care what you yeah, tell me. No, I, I, I'm just not a big Jim Caldwell guy. Yeah, it's, it's hard, to, hard to look at them and say they're appreciably better. I mean, it's hard to really look at anybody in the division and say they're appreciably better. I mean, yeah, the Vikings made some moves. but And maybe a competent offensive line is enough to get them back to the playoffs. Is it enough to get them over the Packers? I I have a hard time saying that. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, Wouldn't you say the Lions, though, are going to miss the playoffs? If, if I you would. Were, if, yeah, I saying. would say if that. If you were to ask Las Vegas, who yep. I think is right about sports more than anybody, yes, you'd say— it's freaky how much they're right. Right. You'd say, Las Vegas, you're not putting Detroit in the playoffs, are you? No, probably not. Probably not. No. Packers, Vikings, Vikings as wild card, maybe. Yeah. That, yeah. Maybe I mean, that's, part, yeah. That's, point. that's the way that, that but, I would but look that's at the, it. But that's the thing about the Packers that has to drive Green Bay fans crazy is— is if you're looking at that team right now with that quarterback at what thirty two, thirty three, it'll be okay. thirty four. If December. you're looking at that team, you're not saying to yourself, "Man, I hope that we can get to the playoffs again." You're saying to yourself, "I want to be playing in U.S. Bank Stadium in February," and it's reasonable to think that they should. And Ted continually, year after year after year, has this: "I've got it. I'm so smart." And it's what drives me crazy. Football executives, man, they get cute and they got their little systems. And you'll go through it. Well, Rick. Rick's a prime example. He has a system? Riley Reed and Remmers. What are they talking about now? We sign these two guys because they have flexibility. You know in Rick's little mind what he's thinking is this. Remmers might wash out, right? His mind is not little. So then you move Riley Reef. So we'll do what the Lions did. We're going to draft ourselves a left tackle, and Riley Reef will eventually swing to right tackle for us. That's what they're thinking. Remmers Instead is, of, a, is an Whitworth option. Whitworth is out year. there. Just go sign Whitworth. Yeah. Give him what he wants for a couple years. That yeah. one still, I need to find out what happened there. How does Why he, don't they do that? Because yeah. he's he might be the best player in all of free agency, and he got like a mad deal. And here's Russell Okung, who stinks, <laughs> who's like getting this massive deal. And the same with Matt Khalil. Like these are two bad players, <laughs> right. and they're getting these like monster deals. And here's Andrew Whitworth, who is like Barry Bonds of left yeah. tackle, and it's just like and he's thirty five. Eh, you, so you know, give him a ton of money up front, right? Right, yeah, and a three year deal. Got this mediocre, deal. which is the same as what you gave Riley Reef. It's but you gave you, Riley Reef a two year deal. But what basically. does Rick like to do? Rick's whole thing, his whole philosophy on free agents, if he can do it, is based on what guys coming out of their second first contract, in their second contract, yep. and I want to sign yep. twenty seven year olds, and I like flexibility. Yep, yeah, but you would not have that much less flexibility. I'm with you. I mean, you could do it. With Andrew Whitworth now, the concern is that he's 35 years old. But you know, some of it, you know, we talk about Bill Belichick and what he knows that everybody else doesn't. Do you think some of it is he just looks at it and says, "Hey, this is the easiest way to"? I mean, it's like Occam's razor in a in a medical sense. Like this is the easiest, most obvious solution to this. Like, let's go do it. Like, don't overthink it. Um, yeah, I think so. I I also think he understands like just value to things and how to spot undervalued yeah. people. Like you might say like, like there. Well, well also like Rex Burkhead, like uh, everyone's sort of rolling their eyes at white running backs and white wide receivers. Well, <laughs> you know what ends up happening though is sometimes Adam gets paid. Sometimes those guys go under the radar because of that. Like I'm not saying that white people are victimized because that's not true, but 
if you're a, if you're a white running back, sometimes you get that sort of like, ah, eh, you know, you get compared to other white running backs. You're a gym and, rat, you're right, scrappy, yes, right, right, you're right, a heady that, player. And, and I think like I I think <laughs> I think Belichick will look at some of those guys and say, you know, the reason that Chris Hogan is underappreciated or that people don't realize how good he is might be because of that. And he finds those guys. And Rex Burkhead was a guy that I thought would be good for the Vikings. His small sample size tape and stats are really good. Yep. So, like, okay, I, I'm going to see this guy before everybody else does, and I'm going to pick him up. Uh, that is a A-plus reference there, Sports Crunch. One of my favorite oh, uh, YouTube Nike videos. Thing? We can't talk oh, about a it. lot of it on here, but... Uh, there's a very, very funny uh, Danny Woodhead reference at the end of it. So if you have not seen it, it's like Brett Favre doing the LeBron James What Should I Do commercial. Yeah, it's from 2009 uh, or yeah, 10. It's prob- fantastic. Yeah, it would have been really uh, well done. probably going into 2010. What should I but do? But I think the Belichick. What should I do? Collar, I think to the, you want me to, be. To, the start of your, to the start of your point, I think the key with Belichick and and where he really is a genius is scouting. I think he recognizes. I think he recognizes uh, talent that the majority of the league can't or doesn't. Yeah. And I also think that that he has the God-given ability, for whatever reason, to know exactly when the decline starts. I think he sees the. I think for most executives, they need to see the cliff, and I think in Belichick's case, he sees the hill. Yeah. And so it's, it's right. Moss, who who's the who's the guy that, that he traded to Tampa Bay who Brady loved? I think it was a guard a few years back. Uh, Logan Mankins? He, he had an offensive guard. But my point is my point is these Corey guys Dillon at the end. These I mean, guys all him. come to him basically saying, I'd like I'd like this contract. Yeah. And in some of those cases he's like, Absolutely not. Yeah. And he just trades him and he has, doesn't but, Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins. Yeah, but the rest of the yeah. league the rest of the league is so caught up on being, Oh, we're so smart and there's only one guy or two guys or very few who actually see that. Yeah. Yeah. Collar, we got questions, don't we? Yeah, I'm tweeting at people while uh doing this, uh because Wow, this is an interactive yeah, yeah, multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. Um okay, so yeah, there uh threw it out there on Twitter. Throw some questions at us, and some people responded. Thank you to wow. responders. Uh, Tim First Clark, responders. 65 DN. I'm not going to give their names anymore. That's okay. the only one I'm going to give. But thank you, right. Tim Clark. Uh, thoughts on guys who are still unsigned in free agency? Uh, Anquan Bolden, Nikel Roby Coleman, Zach Brown. Your guy. Says that those guys, he thinks that those guys fit well in Minnesota. What do you guys think about the Vikings signing any more free agents after this? Well, I had been told Nikel Roby Coleman is not in the mix here. I, I think I, from what I'd heard uh, talking to some people last week, the Vikings still seem to be in the market for a corner, um, but he was not taking a visit here. There were a couple other guys, or a couple of the teams that were looking at him, but the Vikings were not one of those. I mean, I think we all kind of thought he would be an obvious fit here to play that slot corner position, but as Mike Zimmer said yesterday, Mackenzie Alexander gets the first shot, so maybe they are going to go forward with that and uh, try to add some, add to some depth on the outside there. The uh, QB situation, just in general, I mean, this uh, Curtis wants to know about the QB situation just in camp, mm-hmm. um, but in general, I've been thinking about will they draft a guy because yeah. so far they have not signed a backup quarterback. Which and I kind of thought they would. I thought they would too, but like, Okay, so Mark Sanchez, I think, is going back somewhere. Is he going back yeah. to Dallas or he's visiting somewhere? I saw today. On Vis- yeah, he's vi- he's visiting somewhere. Someone just signed him a count. Whatever. Someone signed him a count. Like all the all the accounts are gone. All those name backups: yes. Nick Foles, their Chase Daniel off yep. the market. Seems like the draft would be the place to go to get that backup now. Yeah, I would think so. And, and Taylor Heineke is still here. How um, about Taylor Heineke? You could be Taylor Heineke, I guess, but. Um, maybe yeah. I mean, maybe that's him. I, I. I mean, the I door is open for him. After... How about the window? Man, we need some post-production sound effects <laughs> to get a a, a groan <sighs> sounder or something on that. Wasn't I, it, I thought it was a own. door. Was it a window? Uh, it was a glass. It was like one of the storm door things. Okay, it was, like it was a glass door. door. Okay. Sorry, the the glass pane before the regular door. I Still think he stands. was trying to. Kick both doors open with one. Yeah. Kick of his left foot. Right. Yeah, because he just put out. To a movie, and I know when I get home from uh, the cinema and I'm locked out, I like to take my foot to my storm door. Well, and, and I don't play professional. And here was the thing: like 
it was not even his house. It was his buddy's apartment. Like, don't you go and be like, listen, man, you locked yourself in your own house. Of the two of us, I'm the one with the NFL career and the six-figure salary. You, you kicked the, the friggin' door down. I'm not buying the story for one second. Never have. Well, or did not, you buy, not, not buying any of it. Did you buy the um, knuckle push-ups? Hell no. No, <laughs> not even close with either. the knuckle push-ups. Was it uh, DeMarco Murray? Who was it that said they dropped their cell phone? and Dallas tried to ca- yeah. McFadden, right? Oh, Darren McFadden, yeah. Dropped Dallas their cell Packer. phone and got hurt trying to catch it. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> by the pool. Yes. Yes. Okay. Not buying that one either. No. Not buying any of these Jeff stories. Kent was not washing his truck when he <laughs> got hurt. So basically, so there's a lot of great baseball ones. A guy ripping a phone book in half to find out he was getting traded, and he like threw his back out. <laughs> Do you remember Clint Barnes was was supposedly trying to lug some? He he had shot like a deer, and he was trying to <laughs> lug deer meat upstairs, and like hurt his back, and ended up. Rick Aguilera ended up on the 15 day DL at one time with the Twins or the Cubs when he was supposedly trying to carry a suitcase. Yeah, but the baseball ones, I'm more like inclined a to believe because baseball it was so players. Sad. Sosa had the sneeze, yeah. I think. But baseball players are sort of klutzes, and I don't trust that, that they're in great shape. Yeah. I mean, football, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that Taylor Heineke tried to kick in something. I think he tried to kick in something, but I'm not buying this whole, it was my buddy's storm door. Well, why do you use his left foot? Why do a right-hand quarterback use his left foot? That's what I'm saying. It makes no sense. It's like uh, the end of a Matlock episode. Oh, one more thing. You're right-handed, Columbo. aren't you? Columbo. No, that's Columbo. Yeah, Columbo. Just one more hmm. thing. You're right-handed, aren't you? Then my, why is a cast on your left foot? Bum, bum, bum. My brother is left-handed, but golf's right-handed and Could kicks be. right-handed. Could be. Or kicks bat, right-footed. I so. bat left. I golf left. I write with my right hand. So I do, I do things. So I, you're like a hockey player. Yes. I shoot, yep, I shoot left. I bat left. I golf left before I retired. But I write with my right hand, and it's my dominant hand. My favorite baseball injury I can think of in terms of the ones I've covered was uh, Jesus Colome, hard-throwing and oh, somewhat yeah. knuckle-headed reliever for the Nationals, which probably meant... Did he end up with the Twins? Most of the Nationals' hard-throwing knucklehead relievers did end so, up here. I don't think so, but I think I had him on my National League Rotisserie Baseball League team. Once went on the DL with, and I quote, a lacerated buttocks. <laughs> I don't remember how he did how it. Uh, Jim Bowden, who was the weirdest GM I've ever covered, the quote at the time when he went on the DL was, we pray for his buttocks and his family. <laughs> Jim Bowden, a colleague of yours now. He is a colleague of mine. Leader, I think he probably, still probably has been blocked on Twitter. Uh, for me making fun of him for something back after he got ran out of, wow. of Washington. But uh, anyway, anyway, so the backup, quarter, backup yeah. quarterback, uh, I, think, here? I think with if, if you're going to draft a quarterback in a later round, it can't be in the fifth, sixth, or seventh because you are taking a draft pick and throwing it in a fire. Like the, those just never work out. I know Tom Brady. Have but, done this before. I'm not sure but, why. You but that it, they never work out. But the third and fourth rounders routinely become either decent backups yeah. or even sometimes really good starters. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Kirk Cousins is in there for at least a decent starter. Russell it's, Wilson, it's, whom Leslie Frazier loved. It's someone that you can develop oftentimes in the third or fourth round. I think with two-thirds and two-fourths, if there's a quarterback there that they like that could be a reasonable backup right away and then you never know, Yeah, uh, I think that that's not crazy for them to do that. Well, and if, you know, in the best-case scenario is you don't need the guy and you trade him. I mean, you know, like the, the Patriots could be in position to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that can be a valuable way to to uh, create value in the draft and or That's you a develop terrible him. sentence. Valuable way to create value. Or you develop him, Ben Gessler. You could do that too. And Sam Bradford eventually leaves you. you could do that his too. Contracts going, going right. to come up. Oh, but by the way, do we have any intelligence again? No, we Condon have no intelligence. Camp, that the Condon can't. No, we don't. The Condon camp has approached the Vikings about their quarterback. Uh, I'm waiting for the story to come out. There has not been a story yet. No way yet. they're not going to approach them. They're, correct. They now they're they're pretty tight lipped in the Condon camp, so it may take a while before the smoke catches up with the fire. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, they, they'll approach him. I would think it's really interesting to me what Washington has done with Kirk Cousins and Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor. I compared their numbers to Sam Bradford for the last two seasons. Yeah. Very similar. I mean, yeah. not not the rushing with, with Taylor. Yeah, I read but this. Very, you did? I actually read it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's very nice of you. Yeah. I read your work as well. That makes one of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, thanks, Judd. We're on the same station. You won't read my articles. Uh, anyway, 
I usually take yours down, though. So. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you sabotage <laughs> mine and take them out of the main carousel. Yeah, exactly. But besides that, I digress. Uh, Go on. Anyway, uh, so I compared their numbers, and, I mean, pretty close. Yeah. Like, they are in that same tier, that same category, and I'm curious uh, if the Vikings are feeling the same way. Like, unless we see even better from Sam Bradford, now that the excuses are all off the table with the offensive line, that we will go year to year with him as kind of the Bills and Washington have figured out how to do. I mean, maybe. Uh, there's There are an awful lot of people there now. I mean, the one thing that would make me think they won't go that way is there are an awful lot of people in that organization now that have a vested interest in being right that Sam Bradford is the guy, including the offensive coordinator now that basically vouched for him being here and most importantly, the general manager who traded a first-round pick for him. I, I think it would be very much in the Vikings – way of doing things to sign the guy and say, yep, we got our guy this and is why, we're standing by him. This is why I could see him getting an extension in the coming months Yeah, because of that. When you give up, I'm telling you, I'll go back to, to what I've been saying for months now. When Rick Spielman gives up a, four, a first and fourth round pick, yeah. that's an investment where he's not going to be like, I'm looking to replace this guy now. Yeah, I and, would, and I would so tend the, to agree the, with that. And the only thing, guys, in my mind that would change the dynamic of this conversation is if they get reports that Bridgewater, Bridgewater could come back. Back from the dead. Yep. You know, I was thinking about this because uh, from MMQB, Andy Benoit, is it pronounced? Yeah, I, mean, I cover hockey Benoit a lot, Benoit. so I'm going to assume I Benoit. Anyway, but He's hockey. good. Uh, no, he is good, yeah. uh, but he said that he feels it's not that close, that Bradford is quite a bit better than Bridgewater, and I don't agree with that. I, I don't look at it that way. I look at Bridgewater as a more dynamic quarterback who uh, may not have had the statistics in his first year, uh, or first real full season as a starter in 2015, but I think that he showed a lot of ability to do things that Sam Bradford cannot do, like extend plays, uh, create on third downs with his legs, and also throw down the field. But is that the operative to... phrase is with his? Legs. I, I, right. know, I, I know, I know. Do you feel? I mean, realistically, I'm going to say this. I would think that if he comes back, you're looking at a, another year or two before before he yeah. can do those things again, right? I d have no idea. No, but I'm saying I mean, that, yes, that logically. Yes, if, if you're you, them, yeah, but I have no idea where I'm we're guessing, at with that. I'm, gu I'm guessing that at best, if he can come back, when he does come back, Ben, yeah. that we're talking about a ways before he can extend plays but, again. Uh, well, I mean, let's say, but, well, let's say that he does come back, though. I mean, if I'm comparing the two, I look at Bridgewater as a much more dynamic quarterback, and I, I don't even need him to run. I just need, as a playmaker, yeah. as a guy who can get to a second and third read as he's moving around yeah. in the pocket, it's pocket presence more than anything that I think Sam Bradford does not have at all and that Bridgewater really does. So even if there's a difference between launching it 40 yards accurately between the two that Bradford has, yeah. arm talent, Bradford is not even close. He's one of the best in the league in arm talent. Yeah. But in terms of winning games, producing points, I think you could produce more points with Bridgewater. Well, and I think it's I, – I did a little bit of research on this earlier this offseason, and Bridgewater – I mean, the thing that you, you like – and I've never been like a, you know – Team Teddy, you know, kind of rah rah guy. I mean, I've kind of been like, let's wait and see, which has been uh, has gotten me branded a heretic in some corners <laughs> because I'm not ready to anoint the guy as uh, the next Tom Brady yet. But um, the 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 thing that I I do like about Teddy's upside is that some of the numbers would suggest that he's got a better chance to be. I mean, arm limitations being what they are, he still has a better chance to be a guy that is more willing to go downfield. I mean, Bradford, you can kind of say he is what he is at this point. I mean, yes, he's had a lot of instability in his career, but you can also make the argument that he's had enough time where it's like, okay, this is the kind of quarterback he's going to be, and you wonder if Teddy got a decent offensive line in front of him, if that would change. And, and the thing you like about Teddy is the ability to make plays with his legs, and we don't know what that's going to be. So here is here is a, uh, a scenario to throw at you guys before we move on to the next question. What about this? What if they signed Bradford, and I admit this is a bit out of left field, but what if they signed Bradford for two, three years, um, let Teddy work his way back, and at that point he's still only 27 years old, could you could you do that? Could you play it out that long? I mean, I, that, that that's a very unorthodox way to do it, and you need a new contract for Bridgewater, and I doubt he'd want to wait that long, but 
If, in fact, you're talking about a multi-year rehab. What's his price at this point? I well, that's the question. the question. And the fifth-year option is going to come into play, too. That's, sure, the other, well, that's the other thing that could force their hand. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. With the fifth-year option, um, just a, from a rules CBA standpoint, could they negotiate an extension with Bradford before they sign him to the fifth-year option, or do you have to do that? How does that Bridgewater, work? Bridgewater, you mean? Yeah, Bridgewater. Sure. I say Bradford. Yeah. So they could, they could work out an extension sure. now with yeah, Teddy Bridgewater if they wanted they to? And nullify the option year. Well, they haven't even had to pick up the option. Sure, yet. sure, but I mean, I'm, they don't I'm make that until could, could they do a three year con- Could they do a low, a low term yeah. three year contract with Teddy that basically allows him an, another year at least to rehab, right? Uh, erase the fifth year option so that when that comes up, it's not going to be so high. Here's here's the only caveat to that. Uh, I would think you'd want to do that before making a decision on that option because once you do. It is guaranteed against injury, which is certainly a, a pertinent point for a guy in his situation, and then sure. it's guaranteed fully at the beginning of the next league year. So once you guarantee that, you've given leverage to his camp. I would think that if you're going to go that route, you want to get something done before May 2nd when they have to make that decision. Because that yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it certainly would be an option. Like, okay, work, out, work out a contract extension for him yeah. now if you can that does not carry such a gigantic cap hit and kind of gives insurance on both sides in yeah. a way. I'd be, be fine with that. Because that's a huge problem. If he can't play and you pick up the fifth-year option and then it's what? What is it, a $15 million or something? I mean, yeah, it's going to be a be lot. It's going to be a huge yeah. cap hit yeah. for a player who might not even be able to play. Yeah. With, with your idea, though, if they could kind of work that out, um, so let's say Bradford just goes nuts this year and he's a superstar and they win 14 games and whatever, right? And then Bridgewater comes back with under your scenario, you've got him, you've got Bradford, your superstar quarterback yep. under contract, and then if Bridgewater comes back healthy, you can trade him because as we've seen, the trade market for anyone who can even snap the ball competently <laughs> and throw it six yards down the field is pretty good. See Glennon, comma, Mike. So, so then the question to this conversation becomes this. Where are the egos in the front office wrapped up? That's a good. Qu- that's a very good question because like, they now have Rick, a first round pick invested in both of these guys. Right, right. So does, does Rick fall in with Teddy? I mean, I, I think if I was to guess – Zimmer is a, a Teddy guy for sure. Oh yeah, loves him, right? Oh yeah. I'm Although he get, said a lot of nice things about Bradford too. Sure, sure, but I'm get, but I, he like I I think Zimmer's being genuine when he talks about Bridgewater being a too. son. I to do him. too. Um, I'm guessing that now Rick falls in with Bradford because that cost him even more. Yeah, and, and it's the 14th pick. Yeah. Uh, I know the offensive coordinator skews Bradford. Yep. I'm, I'm just saying it's an interesting dynamic. Oh, the offensive coordinator skews heavy Bradford, yes. right? But to Ben, but Ben's point's a great one. If all things are equal and thing and people are thinking on the same page, but as we know and we've seen so many times before, what you often have in front offices in this league is different factions. Yeah. And if everyone has a little bit of power or a lot of power in some cases, it would be very interesting to see where people fell and at what point Mike might go to Rick and Pat, for instance, and say, I think we need to reincorporate Teddy. And Rick said, hold on a second. And it would be a very interesting dynamic to know how that's going to play. The, I have no clue how it's going to play, but it'd be interesting. The dynamics around the Vikings quarterback situation are nothing if not interesting at all times. Not always functional either. Not always functional, correct. Kyle, you got one more for us? One more question? Oh. Yeah, sorry. Let me look. But we do got to get to the Oh, po- uh, yes. Okay, so uh, the last Don't question is yes. how the Vikings like the will handle the offensive line from here because they don't really have many guards. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. There aren't guards I have on noticed the that. roster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Searles if... Searles going to left. If, right. you, the right if you put Searles at right guard yeah. and then Alex Boone, that's all your guards currently. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm not missing a guard, am I? Because I, I mean, Nick Easton could play there. Uh, Easton and uh, Joe Berger could both play guard, right. but that's that's all you got for guards. I'm pretty certain your uh, your Beavers. failed right tackle and your colossal bust of a left tackle will be moved to guard in training camp, I think. Or well, actually this offseason. There were a lot of people that know a lot more about football than me that said his last fighting chance in this league is to move him to guard. Well, and people always talked about Clemmings as possibly being a guard just because right. he was physical enough to play there and he's mobile enough to do it. And he's ruined as a tackle. Yeah, I, I've got to think so. I mean, and, and maybe Rashad Hill or, or Raynaud Hill or whatever we're calling him these days. Oh, man. Uh, French-Canadian hockey player that, that moonlights as a, guy, as a man. tackle. He was trying to get him a job. <laughs> 
Um, he played really well week 17. I know. No, I'm serious. I know you liked him. Yeah, it's just a bad sign when uh, decision makers don't know your name. Um, and he could be a guy that, that factors into this as well as a tackle. But, yes, the the lack of depth at the guard position is still an issue. And maybe Willie Beavers develops into something. Um, maybe you move maybe I develop into it. I, was, I, was I mean, say, I don't know. Say, maybe I'll be a guard. <laughs> he got Somebody's got to be the optimist or partially. I'm call myself an optimist, but somewhat. But, but compared guess, to you Colin. two, Carnival that's Barkers. That's my guess is they take all yeah. these backup guys um, and throw them in the mix. My guess is that they draft at least – yeah, I think you're right about that, that they might try Clemmings at guard. Yeah. Um, but I think that they draft at least one tackle and maybe even two guards, right? I mean, yeah. because I think that they draft at least one tackle high. If I were to just take a get, like if we were putting odds on what the first position they take in the second round, tackle's got to be at the top, right? Or or way up there. There's one you like, yeah. It, it, it has to depend on that. Sure. But tackle is way up there because – Remmers is like a one-year fix. Yeah. So you're looking for who could be the next guy that you could develop over a year. And and then then, if you get a left tackle eventually, you move Reef if he's still there to right tackle. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's uh, going to be an issue. Yeah. (laughs) Sports Crunch, what do you got? Can I bring up my my last point? Yes. My last point is uh, during Zim's appearance on a competing all-sports station that happens to be on the FM side of the dial. Never heard of it. uh, uh, um, Is the ticket still in business? Mike Zimmer was asked about replacing cornerback Captain Munnerlin, who, of course, signed with the Panthers and was very good at his job. Zimmer then told the host of the show, who happens to be the play-by-play voice of the Vikings, that 2016 second-round pick Mackenzie Alexander will get the first shot at the nickel job this offseason. I would like both of your reactions to this as guys that know a lot about football and uh, cover this sport closely and know that the nickelback job in 2016, 17, 18 going forward is essentially a starting job. Yep. Gentlemen. That is going to be a very interesting scenario. And I will be very curious to see how long of a leash he gets. If in fact, he's the guy at that spot, because the last time the Vikings tried this, it albeit with a player that had not played in the slot, and a player that probably did not uh, have the cover skills that Mackenzie Alexander had shown in college and that Mike Zimmer believes he has. Last time they tried this, replacing a veteran with a young guy, it went horribly. That, of course, was Josh Robinson in 2013 after they cut Antoine Winfield, uh, and Leslie Frazier spent a good portion of that season trying to get Winfield back, and they very nearly did it before they went to London, and then they turned around and gave that money to Josh Freeman, which pretty much... Uh, sunk the good ship SS Viking for that season uh, and then sunk the captain of said ship, one Leslie Antonio Frazier, several months later. It will be very interesting to see if they go this route again, how it plays out, because a young guy in that spot, we've seen it. It's it's a tough spot to learn on the fly, and you have to be able to adapt very quickly. I, I think it was interesting to hear Mike Zimmer talk at the Combine about how they don't necessarily have to go with the shortest guy anymore. He said he feels like Mackenzie Alexander can play outside, that he's big enough to do that. He's probably the most natural fit in terms of the the ability to to move laterally to to play there, but he's going to have a lot to learn, and uh, they are are taking a big chance on him if they do that. I also think that they're taking a big chance, and I, I think that nickel corner, if we separate it from other corner, is probably number three on my list for the hardest positions to learn in the NFL. I would go quarterback, tackle, and then nickel corner. Yeah, it's a totally foreign position. Followed by other corner. Yeah, followed by the official name. Yeah, other corner. Other corner is the is the official name. Correct. Good. Um, because you don't get any sideline. You've got to be in the middle of the field. There's team set and picks. And by the way, Larry Fitzgerald plays there sometimes. <laughs> so does Jordy You're Nelson. A, line, a so, linebacker cornerback hybrid, I think. Yeah. Most of Jordy right? Nelson's yards yeah. in that game in December, for all the talk about going rogue uh, with the corners outside, Jordy Nelson torched them when he was in the slot uh, primarily. Nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It was a miscommunication. miscommunication. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Well, independent um, of that, when he went into the slot is when he did most of his damage. Alexander, we've talked about him a bit and just the the hard headedness, not learning from guys like Captain and, and Terrence Newman, and that, that to me is a, is a big concern. I would say though, still as just as a prospect, I mean, as far as how he played yeah. at Clemson, 
he's th- he's a very good prospect for a cornerback, and he has a lot of things that you like about him in terms of his athleticism, his competitiveness, and things like that. I was just going back for an article and looking at his draft profile, and the guy who wrote the draft profile for NFL.com had an interesting thought on him, which was he'll probably struggle in year one, and then maybe he'll pick it up after that. It's just like, that, that's an interesting thought because he definitely did struggle in year one. So it's kind of like we'll see. I mean, he seemed very hesitant, I think, when he did get out there. Yeah. Almost like he couldn't play loose. He wasn't quite sure where to be, was afraid of making a mistake. Maybe another training camp, another preseason. I do not like judging cornerbacks really early in their career. I just think it's too hard for them. It's kind of, I mean, tackles might be the same way where a guy looks like, oh my gosh, he can't play at all. And then three years later, he's in the Pro Bowl. I think that happens for corners all the time. If you judge Xavier Rhodes right away, you would have said, ah, I guess he's just a guy. Yeah. And now he's a superstar. Yeah, that's true. This one scares me the most. I think of everything that they're doing this this uh, spring, this one scares me the most. If yeah. they're really going to go in. Now, if Newman's going to – if you decide that, that Terrence is going to play that position for a while, I guess I sort of get that. But if you really think – this this strikes me, Ben, as hubris in the sense of they think that Zimmer can teach corners anything, and he's really damn good, don't get me wrong, but this is asking a kid who clearly struggled with just the principles of the day-to-day position that he's supposed to mm-hmm. play. This is asking him to go play a position that veteran guys have to learn and, and take some inherent talent just to be good because, yeah. as I said, to me, it's a hybrid cornerback linebacker um, if I'm a Vikings fan, among my biggest concerns, probably one or two right now, it's this one. It is hard to go against Zimmer when it comes to corners, though. I mean, if Zimmer really believes that he'll fit in fine, it's kind of hard to say, well, you're wrong, guy. Because <laughs> I mean, now, if Rick Spielman was telling me about an offensive lineman, I might go, eh, I don't know about all that. But Zimmer's got a pretty good history with teaching corners how to play. He but does. They, but they have to want to learn, though. Yes, and that that is the big key. And I think uh, you know, what was the, the position, what was the though, quote that he, that he uh, that it's he gave to Paul position. Allen? He said he was uh, he'll get the shot, and what he does with it is up to him. Yes, which so is a bit of a challenge. That means they're off the market then for for corners. You think, or is there I don't another? I think they're position? off the market for corners. I I think they could still add one. Um, and I, it's it's a certainly draft a good draft too, for right? it too. See, yes. I, I bet they draft one. Yeah, I could. Rick see that. loves to take them late. By the way, he loves to think, "Oh man, I'll take one in the fifth round." Well, <laughs> I think Zimmer likes to to draft them as well. Whether it's early or late, I think he sees the anyway, value in taking I find those guys. Very intriguing. Yeah, yeah that is certainly a, an issue to to keep an eye on, and I think it's probably one that we will be paying a fair amount of ten, fair amount of attention to going forward. Uh, certainly into OTAs and uh, the mandatory minicamp which is really just around the corner it's hard to believe uh that we're getting back to that point already it's not till june i know it's, it's not right just, around the corner uh, yeah but it, then Quit then you're gonna be your down to training camp and we're gonna be back in week like 10 like hanging already? out at winter park before we you haven't know even it. had no ta yet the draft isn't even here it's like 28 degrees today yeah. i know i Relax, just I will, chill I like, out Gessler. like my off season um We'll be back next week to talk about more game. football. You're just like Brian McKinney and Barry, and don't love the game. Uh, wow, <laughs> it's the first the time game. I've ever been. Compared. I can't wait for Mankato. You could take two of me and then add another fifty pounds, and I still wouldn't add up to Brian McKinney. No, but you don't love the game like I do. I can't wait for Mankato. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.